And he was like, what? He's like, what's what's Roller Coaster Tycoon? I'm like, dude, you don't know what Roller Coaster Tycoon is? Are you is? kidding Who me? doesn't know what Roller Coaster Tycoon is? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Pittsburgh Maids, hopefully one that doesn't get lost in the cosmos. On with me, Logan Carney, and my fellow co-hosts and friends, Dakota Lamb and Spencer Witt. Guys, I think we're, we're 0 for 2 in our biggest episodes so far. You know, two, two of the episodes that we were most excited for not being put on the air and i'm proud to say last week's was not or the last one was not my fault i, love I don't know I, that's a little bit of revisionist history yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think our last episode was all that spectacular we only had two hosts for 75 percent of it i mean that's a different story when they'll never know the listener will never know what we're talking about until it, it just magically day. shows it'll be, up in it'll the be feed. It'll yeah. be released one day. One day. They will be the lost episodes of Pittsburgh Maids. It's going to be exciting. The deleted scenes of Pittsburgh Maids. The behind the scenes. Pittsburgh Made at night. They're after dark. In one of our episodes, <laughs> after the outro music plays, it's just going to start a second episode that is the lost episode. And you have to listen to the whole show to find out, is this the or episode gonna, that has it or not? Or they're going to click on the, the link for their episode and be like, why is this four hours long? <laughs> oh, probably why. All right, we'll just make every episode four hours long from now on. It's either silence at the we end or there's a, a bonus episode. We could do a Patreon and only give that to our exclusive Patreon subscribers. Those two episodes only get to be listened Does by Does Patreon work in Ireland? That's the only place we'd get people to sign up. If you have a Patreon and you have money to blow on us three, I have way better things <laughs> you can spend the money on. Trust me. They're the lost episodes, Spencer. They're the lost episodes. You could spend money You're on not convincing anyone. watch all no. of Mike Tyson's <laughs> yeah. history. Well, that is a better use segue. of your time and money. Let's segue into a different Lost, and let's talk about the Pirates and how lost they are since, I think they what, went 12 and 11 to start the season, and then they have just had a downfall since then. I, I want to Third point out that... record in the MLB. In our last, I believe it was our last posted episode, the first question on the rundown was, are the Pirates actually good? <laughs> no, that was, yeah, our last posted one, yeah, that was the last posted one. My, how things have changed. But honestly, 23 and 44, I, I think things could be worse, right? The Diamondbacks yeah, just lost their 23rd started, consecutive road game. They started 12 and 11. They started 12 and 11. You think that's what's 43. carrying them to this 23 and 44 record? I guess so. Dakota, they're 11 and they're 11. They're no, they're what? They're yeah, they're 11 and 33 in their last 44 games. <laughs> That's not good. I mean, the diamond. I, I think it could bad. be worse. I'm not going to deny that. I think you could argue that, you know, but it's not like I mean, the pirate. But out of the two of them, the pirates have had some embarrassing videos on the internet, and the Diamondbacks haven't. You know, when the pirates like really lose a game. And, and the post-game tweet is just the word final with the score graphic. 
I've noticed that like almost every game, that's what they're doing now. God bless the social media people <laughs> of the Pirates. They have nothing to be happy about, but they have to act like they want to care. And I respect the that Di- so much. Diamondbacks social media team had a funny one today where it was um, – I'll have to pull it up, but it was like a kid crying. <laughs> and it was and he was wrapped with like a book and it said like ways to deal with a loss of the book or something like that. <laughs> oh, this was it was no, it was it was diamondbacks. And, uh, at the end of the game they posted it just says logs off and then the picture is uh Bart Simpson with a book that says coping with loss and then the Arizona <laughs> Diamondbacks logo on it. <laughs> yeah, you gotta do something to keep fans engaged, I guess. So I'm watching from afar, but you guys boots on the ground in Pittsburgh. How irrelevant have they become in in Pittsburgh sports? I mean, they're relevant because there's nothing else going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's really it's really the only thing keeping them afloat. And and by afloat I mean they have like one one door on the uh the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, a la Titanic. I mean they're not they're barely afloat. <laughs> when it comes to relevance i saw today i thought it was funny that they're having a reopening weekend over july 4th weekend when they lift all the capacity restrictions bad move really bad move i mean that was a gamble horse yeah save a horse ride him cowboy come on you're you're not gonna want to go see that no i remember now i remember once i went to a uh, it was a freak christian concert and I only went because I knew um, – because one of the bands playing was um, – it was it was one of those Billy Graham things, one of those Billy Graham festivals. And the band playing was um, the Charlie, Charlie Manson or Charlie 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 whatever band. You know, I'm talking Charlie about the, Daniels. They did The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Daniels. Charlie Daniels, band. thank you. Yeah. Charlie Manson is not somebody who is a uh, very – The Charles very Manson person. band. <laughs> <laughs> at a gospel concert but yeah so they played devil Wins down to georgia and it was awesome and then they guilted me to go down about they started then the, then the billy graham's kid comes up and starts talking about how we're all sinners and we all need to repent and we all need to go down on the floor and sign up for was this stuff. at a pirates game what are you talking about right yeah. now no, is that pbg paints this has How did we get question. on this topic? Well, I'm just saying, like, like it's a story. Like, I, I went there for one song, and I dealt with all this other stuff that was just awkward and horrible and, and boring. So that's, all like, right, comparative that to your like, one year, one song. Not well, your right. finest analogy. Slightly on topic, I once went to a Leonard Skinner concert at PNC Park. And that was arguably the most awkward moment of my life after the Pirates game, just watching people who had no interest in baseball and were over the age of like 50 in the nosebleeds, loving the remaining like three guys from Leonard Skinner and everybody else. And it was, it was a sellout game though, which begs the question as I'm going into, do you think that the Pirates will sell out any games for the remainder of this year? Yeah, they're going to sell out every no. game that there's a concert. No, I don't even think they're going to do that. They always do that. They always do that. They always do that. Even in the 100 loss season, they did that. I and they know. never, they've never gone. Like, Leonard Skinner is probably the biggest act they ever got to play at one of their post game concerts, you know? 
I once I mean, went like, to a, sky, a sold out Sky Blast with OAR, and the lead singer had lost his voice, so they just were playing the instrumental versions of the songs. <laughs> that that's my concert. To PNC be fair, Park do you want to do you want to hear somebody singing at Sky Blast? I mean, that's I fair. feel like that is. Fair. I feel like instrumental. Yeah, the instrumental does. Metal over fireworks would be cooler, personally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so what lot, do you think, Spencer? Going... Are they gonna sell out a game? No, no, I don't I see don't, them. Don't it's either. not the, it's it's they're they're bad and people don't care about like the the events that even they're they're trying to scrap together in the last minute if they have any. So I don't. I guess the argument would be that like the nice summer night, people haven't been to the PNC Park. For, some people haven't been there in like two years. So if you get like a fireworks night, people be like, yeah, I'd love to go in like the end of July, but I don't really see them getting a full sellout. No, me either. Uh, in our last episode, we talked about the worst play so far of the Pirates season, the, the atrocious little league play that made national news since, since then we had, uh, that you can hear when you donate to our Patreon. That's right. Uh, Brian <laughs> Hayes hit a home run and then failed to touch first base. And so was called out. Uh, there was, there was also a, a really bad one earlier this week. Wasn't there with the throw from second to home? Um, what happened exactly? Yeah. I don't remember either. Does he get pulled off the bag? I think the catcher, uh, was it Stallings or? Perez or whoever their backup is. I think that's what it was, right? I, I can't remember what happened now. It doesn't, they all blend together, it, to be honest. Yeah. It's the Pirates. I mean, They're so probably the, losing six I guess the point here is, is it amazing that we're not even halfway through the season and we've got, like, potentially the worst plays in the history of the franchise, and there are several of them in the same season? I just love that I saw a tweet. It was, like, 20 years later, Lloyd McClendon has cursed first base for <laughs> Pirates because – 20 years ago, 2001, he stole, he took first base after arguing with a call against the Brewers. And yeah, this is, this one wasn't as bad. Let's clarify. This one wasn't as bad as Will Craig's, which Will Craig is again, arguably the worst play in baseball history, but it's, it's just stupid. Like looking back and just like, Oh my God, Brian Hayes. Like I get your rookie or whatever. And fine. Will Craig was too, but like, Oh, just to miss the base. I'm not saying it doesn't happen often compared to the Will Craig fiasco. It definitely happens more frequently and people never call it, but yeah. you gotta, you gotta touch first base. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's not, not that hard. It's not it's, that no, hard. How about not. the pirates not making Hayes Craig or really anybody that has a bad start or bad moment available to talk to the media afterwards. Hayes wasn't available after that, after missing first base. Craig wasn't available after his fiasco. There's been, you know, starting pitchers that have been blown up that weren't available after their start. I mean, do you, th- do you th- see any problem with that? Or do you think it's just not a big deal? But I, I mean, mean, when it comes I, to the media really now, we could, yeah, we, we, we'll get into it later with Naomi Osaka, but like, when it comes to the media, when like the pressure of lists having to talk to them all the time, I, I think you need to own up to your mistakes, but I also understand why the pirates were like, just let him be, just let, leave him be for the day. Like if you're going to, 
you you should be talk about your bad moments just as much as you talk about your good moments. He's going to talk about. Do you about think Logan that hit, this is talk about when he misses first base? Don't you think this is more of just a product of they're still following these COVID guidelines with the media availability, and so the the franchises no, are no, using no, that. No, it's more they're they're using, using that, that to they're, their advantage. Well, is what I'm they're saying. They're using it, yes. And so yeah, you can use, say, yeah, like, if that's we, what you're saying, yeah. we plan to make these players available, and then whoever has a really good night, we also plan to make available. And so we're just going to, as a franchise, protect our players from what are obviously going to be confrontational questions from the media. I, I'd agree when they don't with that have to make most them of the postgame. But I'd agree with that if most of the postgame weren't done through Zoom. God, it's so awful. I hate watching that postgame. They're so it's you know, weird. The Robbie it's interviews they're on, on oh on AT and T are painful to sit through. Yes. Yeah, well Robbie works for the team. He's not gonna ask Hayes about missing first base. <laughs> he shouldn't. He works for the team. All right, but he's let's, paid by the team. Let's dig more into this, Logan. So let's say they do make Cabrian Hayes available after that and, and someone does ask that question. What is anyone gonna gain from that? I would argue nothing. What is the player supposed to say? Matter. And why is the it player? What, what obligation does the team it's or the like player a, have look, to if answer? It's like for a one-time. Look, I'd agree with that if it's a one-time thing, but they're not getting answers from the players who have any bad starts, who have any bad moments. The story of that game was Hayes missing first base, and they didn't get a quote from Hayes. The story of the other game was the Will Craig play, and then they I mean, didn't I, get a quote from Will I, Craig. I understand what you're saying. I just also understand Even that if like, it's a bullshit it is already quote, like, a miserable be- enough situation on that team. I don't think it improves anything by the organization saying, oh, Cabrian Hayes just missed first base. I'm sure he feels bad about it. Let's make him available on the Zoom call for the media as well. No, obviously the organization doesn't want people talking about the bad things that happen, but it's still the organization's job to like because why why should the, the media it's not the media's job to only cover the good stuff i, I think we, we don't have to, to be follow able this to cover both this rundown so rigidly we're we're in this discussion let's bring naomi osaka into this like wh- what'd you think well, logan i know set, you had set up set up naomi osaka situation though because not everybody follows like tennis it's, sure sure and this is a little bit of a an older story not from this week but the gist is naomi osaka at the French Open withdraws from play. Tennis player, plays from, yeah. or is from Japan. She's 23 years old, withdraws because she said that she wanted to preserve her mental well-being and did not want to speak in front of the press. So she was fined for it and then decided to just withdraw completely from the tournament to avoid talking to the press. And it's, it's kind of a black and white, at least the media and the reaction has kind of been made out to be black and white, where some people are lifting her up as a hero. Others are saying this is absurd. She's a villain of all sports for opening the floodgates of this. I, I don't agree with either of those takes, but I'm interested to hear what you guys think. Is this as big of a deal as it was made out to be? I mean, this was like transcended just sports and was front page news on most major newspapers around the world, general news outlets were talking about it. Why was this such a big story to begin with? We can go look back to when Kyrie Irving said he wasn't going to talk to the media at the beginning 
of this NBA season, or it might have been a couple years ago. I think it was this season. And he said, I'm just going to release tweets because the media construes everything I say. Hell, we could go back to Marshawn Lynch yeah. just saying, I'm only, I'm only here because so I, I get yeah. fined. Yeah, the that was the is, first like big moment in, in that relationship, I think, between the press and the media. In right? my personal opinion, no, a player does not have to talk to the media. But if they're choosing not to talk to the media, then them being fined is completely fine. Because the, in order to grow the brand and grow the sport is you need the media to cover you. And the media is not going to want to cover you, cover you if you don't want to talk to them. I mean, and it's fine if you don't want to talk to them. But you shouldn't expect to, you know, there not to be some repercussions. You know, I don't, I don't think, you know, I'm not going to attack the character of Naomi Osaka because she doesn't want to talk to the media. You know, she obviously had, she withdrew from the tournament and she was fine. You know, obviously she, she, you know, had her repercussions for not talking to the media, you know, and I'm not going to act like she's a villain or a hero. She's, she's Naomi Osaka, you know, but if you're not going to talk to the media, being fined, in my opinion, is how it should be handled. So I think it's fine. Let's say that that becomes the like the template across sports that that leagues say and sports say that you know there is a dollar figure that we can put on the publicity that you're costing us by not talking to the media. We don't get coverage because of it, and so we're going to fine you. Doesn't it then become an issue if that starts becoming the standard and all the players are just taking a pay cut to avoid talking to the media completely? That's always been the case, Dakota. They're not, you know, they're not forced upon the, upon the, the podium with pitchforks and torches. <laughs> the whole, you know, they've, it's always been the case that if they don't talk, they'll get fined, you know? And so that's do you think that is an appropriate thing that it should be that relationship where it's a, it, it's semi-mandatory, right? If you don't do it, then we're going to punish yeah, you. I think that's, I think it's totally appropriate because it's important to have media coverage if you're an athlete or a sports organization you know it's important to have that coverage so i agree with you to an extent i think that osaka's point just to give the quote was she did not want to go up to the podium and answer questions because she said quote she often felt that the mental health of athletes was disregarded during interviews wants to focus on protecting her mental health does not want to subject herself to questions that sow doubt and negative interactions. So to kind of bring this back to what we were just talking with the pirates, how does it help Cabrian Hayes to sit there and be subjected to that question? It's certainly not going to help him. I don't think you're getting any like gold quote that's going to be heard around the world in that post-gazette write-up of the game that 25 people are going to read. So what is the point of the the – the entire situation. Should we rethink post-game press conferences Look, and sporting I don't events wanna, I completely? Don't compare, I don't know what mental health issues Naomi Osaka is going through, so I don't want to compare this to that. But if Key Brian Hayes is is having mental health issues because he missed first base, and is now asked, "How did you miss?" No, first that's not. Base, that is not the point that I'm. Then the making. Pirates are going to have <laughs> bigger issues with Brian Hayes in the future than that than talking to the media. You know, that's it's not like they're asking him that like like they're asking the star player how he made one mistake. The, the 
you know, the larger and, point and, that I'm trying to make is like, we have seen mental health issues on Pittsburgh sports teams in our lifetimes that have been big news stories with Pedro Alvarez on the pirates, Mark Andre Fleury for a while with the penguins. Is there a problem with the model of asking post-game questions in sports in general that like they cannot avoid the negativity of the questioning from the press? Because in, it's just the nature of sports writing that most of the questions are going to be about what went wrong and yeah, you know why did you do avoiding, it this way? And isn't that a problem the- to sow doubt in the player constantly and say, oh, yeah, I don't want to subject myself to that. I could be a better player if I don't listen to those questions. What's, what's going to help more with that player, talking to the media or avoiding the media? Because if they avoid the media, then the columnists and the, and the, the, the talking heads on radio are just going to continue speaking negative of him or her. Do you think that the athletes listen to sports radio? You have a bias. You have a bias when you have a, when you have a rapporteur with a person, you know, the reason that somebody like McCutcheon is so well liked is because McCutcheon is a very personable person that can have a great conversation with everyone. You know, he was open with people. He was, he was, he was, he was the reason why there's there's athletes like that that are are treated better in the media is because they're open with the media. Now, is that fair? That's not always fair. You know, it wasn't fair that Terrell Owens had to wait five years to get in the Hall of Fame because the media didn't like him. You know, obviously, that's not always fair. But that is the case. All right. So if you sit out. If you sit out these press conferences, it's not going to make your, your, you know, being talked about negatively in the media any better. It's only going to make it worse. There's only going to be more people talking negative about you in the media. Especially if you don't give yourself a chance to defend yourself. I think that is all true. But like, I don't know, Spencer, what do you think? Is it? Is it a problem that so much of the coverage of athletes now is based off of their interactions with the media instead of what they do on the field in the sport? That should be the focus of the coverage, right? I think the problem, I mean, yeah, especially well, in the, the focus on the coverage of Hayes missing first Hayes. Sorry, just, just, I just <laughs> want to interject real quick. It would have been the focus of the coverage on Cabrian Hayes missing first base if he got up there to answer. But, but it was Question. still like but the point that I'm making, I think it you, was about how the media didn't talk to him. I think you just disproved your point. The coverage was about that play instead of about whatever he said about that play after the game. Isn't it better that the coverage was about the actual play? I, I'll let Spencer talk. Well, if you if you took the under on a half an hour of Logan before Logan cuts me off, congratulations. <laughs> you got it. Um no, I, I, it's something that I honestly, since this whole thing started, it's kind of something that I really, I think about this whole thing a lot with Naomi Osaka. Cause like, it's just in a sense, if I'm an athlete and I'm having a tough time and I want to focus on a game, the media isn't something I want to deal with. But in that sense, I guess the question is, has the media and everything around surrounding, you know, your attitude towards the media, social media, how you portray yourself a part of the game. Because I think for Naomi Osaka, it's not. I think Naomi Osaka is just tennis. For her, it is just playing tennis on the court, and that's it. 
But for other people and other athletes, it is a lot more about not only playing, but your brand and how you portray yourself as either a villain, a bad guy, you know, in a sense, or a nice person, an all around genuine good person. But I think, so I think for both, for both sides, I understand why Naomi Osaka decided not to speak to the media, but I understand why the media would not be happy about it. And I understand that, is this the precedent set? I don't think so, but I think that at least the lines of, if someone screws up badly, or if someone has a rough game, or you, you, you blow a tournament lead, or you blow a lead in something like that, do you really want to talk to the press giving like stupid questions on what went through your head when you were, when you lost this lead or how, how will you bounce back or, you know, yada, yada. And it's just kind of like, I, I wouldn't personally, but, it's, but it's the job. I want, I want to reflect on myself. And, and I guess that's the, the question though, Logan. And I, that's, that's what I'm getting at though, is the question is, is part of the athlete dealing with the media as a whole through good and bad, or is the athlete specifically solely thinking about the actual sport and what they're doing on the court or on the field? It and doesn't just matter. That? It's not that it's the job it was signed up for. It's in their contract. The reason they can get fined is because it's in their contract. Otherwise they wouldn't be able to get fined. And if it's right. in there, okay. so to, to drill down another job. layer to what Spencer's trying to say is, should it be, should it be part yeah, of the Yeah, that's contract? what I'm getting at. But then try and negotiate it out of it. But if it's going to be in the contract, it's part of your no, job. We're asking your opinion. Do you think it should be part of an athlete's contract yes. to speak to the media? Yes. Because why, because why would you sign an athlete you can't promote? I just think it's so arcane. Like who even cares about post-game press conferences anymore? I think that sports but media is, is evolving so much that – no, I, I agree. It's not just the post-game press conference, but that's like the, the general focus of what the Pirates discussion was earlier and then definitely with this Naomi Osaka uh, situation with the, the press conference with the media. I, I don't know. I just think it's weird that like what other profession is there that you come out and have a press conference and answer – unfiltered questions from the media like i don't even know what, what other you could what other one has... to i think the only other thing you could compare it to is like actors in hollywood after a movie premiere would they answer any question from okay. any reporter in terms of like pay scale and actors listening. in hollywood no, no i think any no, high level actors in hollywood Hold any on, high level position would Hollywood... do that though not necessarily just actors in hollywood like you know like a president of a university or something like that has to deal with the media like the president of well a company a maybe CEO, maybe a ceo maybe. has to, apparently it's optional for some presidents of universities but if no. if something happens Dakota. to your company Dakota. you're the you're the one especially if you're like a high higher level person you have to deal with the people asking the question okay so to continue to play devil's advocate when the pirates suck why is it the players and the manager going in front of the media to answer questions why isn't it bob nutting or the general manager after every game uh, that's a great question <laughs> uh you know what i don't want to i'm trying to, to go right back now, to this so like, no 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 I'm going back to this point. Go for Dakota it. brought up actors. Dakota, what the hell do actors do the year leading up to a movie? Oh, so it's promotion is totally different. I'm not saying get rid of promotion in sports it's and like not. don't 
have the athletes it's, talk it's to the not media because you don't think they get asked you don't think they get asked negative questions but it's voluntary it's they don't not, have to you don't think that you don't think i think it's very different to like sit down with a reporter and, and get it's a question and be like, I'm not answering that. And it becomes a line in a sentence versus an athlete going back after to them Osaka. just competing in a game, sitting in a chair before the media and saying, I refuse to answer that question. That always becomes a story. I don't think Naomi Osaka was concerned about prior to the French Open, people asking her, how do you think, how do you feel? How are you, gonna, are you, how are you preparing? I think it was more like you won your first round game or you just barely won it or you're, you're, you know, you're struggling, but you're still winning. You're getting by. I think that's what she did. It's want to totally different questioning. About. Agreed. Totally agree. It's uh, really. It's. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. The reason me. I keep the reason I keep cutting you guys off is because I'm lagging over here because it's not being recorded on my computer. All right. Apparently, you've been lagging that, that's every why week. Get, that's I, why I get cut off every week. It's really not that different from what from actors promoting a movie. Because if an actor's uh, coming no, off, I totally disagree. hundred percent. No, if an actor's coming off. If an actor and actress is coming off of a shitty movie or they're friends with somebody who's a shitty person, what do you think they get asked about at every single stop on their promotional tour? If they're coming off a bad movie and it's going to be their good movie, they're always, every single question is going to be, oh, how are you coming back from, you know, this movie? I don't know. I just don't agree. I think think the comparison is. And again, it's not different. It's not that different. No, but here's the thing. No, it's here's really the not. Thing. Here's the in thing, fact, they get asked that more. If, <laughs> if they were in the middle of filming a movie and they like struggled to get it together, and then they were, and then the press was like, "What are you going to do to try and get this movie together? What are you doing to try and fix the problems of this movie?" That's one thing. But if Naomi Osaka is being asked, which happens hey, you all didn't the time, play well in the French Open, which also happens back, all the time. Okay, well, no, 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 no. So, like, to, to bring the post-game comparison. Play well in the French Open. Yeah, to, to compare post-game, like, after a movie comes out and it bombs, guess what you don't hear from anymore? Any of the people in the movie or the director. They're especially yeah. at an open press conference where the press could ask them anything. Until their next, until their next movie. I don't know, man. I think plus they're at that like premiere. A, it's at not a great comparison with to begin thousands with. Thousands of people and thousands of reporters, and you don't think they're answering questions at that premiere, regardless of how the movie is. I think a better comparison, not to bring politics into it, but like if a president is doing a one-on-one with a friendly news outlet versus in the briefing room with every reporter able to ask them questions, it's obviously very different line of questioning and a very different end result where you get more information from one than you do from the other. I just think in general, it is worth questioning whether or not it is obsolete. Do we still need to have this format where an athlete sits up there in front of the media after every game and is subjected to what is like 80% negative questioning? Okay. If if they're not going to get rid of that, then why should the media cover? I think it's crazy to say that the media is going to stop covering sports if they do not get unfettered questioning of athletes after Every if game. They, why? Why not? I don't know, it's, Logan. It's, it's, I feel like you're looking at this they from get a reporter's the media, perspective. The media gets their questions. The game gets its eyes. That's the deal. 
it's a symbiotic relationship. I, I, again, I agree with you to an extent to like who the fans that are super bought in, but I think it's like 75% or greater of fans are watching the game. And then as soon as the final whistle blows, they turn it off. They don't see any of the post game stuff. They don't read any of the recaps that are written up about it. Like you've got to be hardcore dedicated fan to even care about any of that stuff. So if it just all went away, I don't know that the majority of fans of a sport would even notice that it went away you miss the game people love reading you know the quotes on twitter and stuff like that i but mean even yeah, twitter is such a kids. small subset of the fan base yeah and you could get your quote taken out of context like tyler glass now did a couple days ago where he was talking about how he thinks that not having the spider attack was injured meanwhile the next part of his quote was i'm also six four and throwing 100 miles an hour or six seven throwing 100 miles an hour and that's probably one of the reasons but people took that first quote and ran with it but that's a whole different story. Look, I is think, it really, I think is, is that really side. out of context when he was hinting the entire time in that interview that it was because of the spider tax thing? I don't think that was because of the con- out of context when the entire time he's But I think it made him look – If you just pull one little quote negative. is what Spencer's saying. Well, like if obviously. you take one sentence into a tweet, then you, you, know, you butcher the whole context of it. I think generally I agree with your position, Logan. I'm just saying devil's advocate, I, I – Definitely see where Naomi Osaka is coming from. And I would not be surprised if in the near future, a league starts rethinking access to players in this traditional format because the media landscape is changing so much that I don't know if it is worth, if enough players start you know, picking this up and saying, I'm not going to do this, and it starts becoming a movement within a league, which I think is definitely possible, then the league is going to respond and be like, you know, we don't really have to do this. We're not going to lose out on that much publicity if there's not a post-game press conference from the coaches and players. I think like a tennis tournament is a perfect example where if a player has a great tournament and they want to talk about it, yeah, sure. If a player feels like they really left the ball down and they want to discuss it and they want to tell like the media or they want to tell, you know, their fans or whoever through the media that like they really screwed up and they need to work on these things. Yeah, that's one thing, or especially like a coach's perspective saying like trying to tell the fans like we need to fix these. This is what we're going to work on next season like they did with um, Mike Sullivan in his final press conference after the game. I think that's good, but I also think it would be more like an optional situation where like if you had a rough game, it's like I don't want to talk to the media today. No, no. You shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't know. That's so. You're looking at it from a a reporter's perspective, Logan. Do you get to pick and choose? Do you get to pick and choose what you like to do at your job? Do you you only ever do the things that you like to do at your job? Are you ever given the option to say, I'm never going to do any of this ever again because I don't like it? It's it's not reliant on, on a reporter standpoint. If you ask me, this people is, coming at me and complex it, discussion. It is. It, it's it really not is. Complex. I, will agree with that. I keep changing contract. what side I'm on. Again, the, the question we're it, trying to answer here, Logan, is should it be? Should it be in the contract? Yes, because the people that give them that contract are expecting those athletes to be out there promoting their brand and their I think team. the question is this, and I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you, Logan, but I think the question is this. How much of that expect expectation is how much of it is I'm expecting you to play and perform well, and how much of it is I'm expecting you to talk after the game and make sure you talk? Because I think as of now, I think it's getting more and more of just I'm expecting you to perform well 
and I want to see it You're expecting them to broadcast. have a brand. And they're not going to have a brand if they suck at one of those two. We can talk about – we can use Mike Trout for an example. Mike Trout's the great – arguably the greatest baseball player ever. But he is by no means the most popular player in baseball because the dude is basically no social media pre- presence, does not does, – is not outspoken or anything, very calm. He doesn't have much of – he's a very quiet life. Like, the team, the Angels, would obviously make more money. I mean, obviously, they make a lot of money on Mike Trout. Like, obviously, they do. They gave him that huge contract. But they would make even more if he was outspoken. I mean, more people know who Trevor Bauer is. And Trevor Bauer's had, what, three good seasons his entire career? I mean, come on. Like, it's part of the job. It's part of the job for a reason. If you choose not to do it, that's fine. I'm not saying you should be cut or fired or suspended or anything like that. But, yeah, you should lose some of your pay because you're not doing part of your job. I think it's, it's that simple. Like, like, if you don't want to do it, that's fine, but you shouldn't expect to get your full paycheck when it arrives. You should expect to, to, take, you should expect to lose some of your money because it's in your contract that you do that. And it should be there because, you, because those companies that sign those people want them to be able to build a brand. I totally get you, the, the real publicity quick, side. Yeah, go ahead. How do you feel about people going off script per se in, in interviews and stuff like that? Ronaldo, the best example where he got rid of the Coca-Cola and he put out a bottle of water and Coca-Cola was very angry about that. How do you feel about a player in that sense, taking the media, what they're using to the media to their own advantage for their own personal attributes if they're not if they're not under contract it's fine if they're under contract then it's then they should be fined that that's my opinion if they if they want to go out there with a shirt that says i'm the greatest ever and there's nothing in the contract that says you can't do that then by all means go out there with a shirt that says (laughs) i'm the greatest ever if you want to go out there if you have a deal with coca-cola and you want to go out there with a pepsi then you should lose money from Coca-Cola. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I agree Because Coca-Cola is paying you to promote their product. Yeah. Like, I, I don't blame – I mean, I, again, like, I, I don't – like, I'm not going to sit here and say athletes should be prodded with cattle prods out to the press conference. <laughs> but, like, if it's in their contract to do these things – Will, Craig, fast, get out money. there. Get out there, Will. Like, Answer yeah. their questions. Like, I'm not, like, saying, yeah, like – I'm not saying like any athlete that chooses not to talk to the media is an awful person. That's not what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I don't think there's anything morally wrong with choosing not to do a certain aspect of your job if you really hate it. But I do think if you sign a contract to do that and the, te- and the people that you sign the contract with want you to do that so much that they put it in the contract, yeah, you should lose some of your pay for not doing some of your job. It should right, be to wrap a- this up. I, I agree with your general point, Logan. I disagree that this though is more about publicity as to why they should be out there answering these questions. For me, it's that as a professional athlete, your income is coming from the fan base, whether it be through ticket sales or at the dollars that are made off of television deals, etc. Ultimately, all the money funneling into your pocket is from the fans. And so you should feel a responsibility to answer questions from the media who are essentially there asking the questions on behalf of the fan base. However, I think that the, the media has to do a better job of not being so combative and negative in their questioning 
to the point where Naomi Osaka feels that she had to do this in the first place because it was so negative and, and detrimental she felt to her mental I, health that if I we rethink see, this relationship in general, it could be beneficial for both sides. I need There's, to see I don't, what the comments were. I, I honestly don't know specifically what question she was referring to. I mean, I agree. But like, if if she's if she's just being asked about negative things because she's been playing poorly, you know that's. But if she's being asked about you know stuff like her personal life, I'm obviously on her. Like again, I I I think it's it's tough to say I'm with Naomi Osaka without knowing her and without knowing what comments and questions she's referring to that have taken a toll on her mental health. Yeah, because I, mean, I do think you know, like we brought up the Hayes thing. Hayes should be able to handle a question, one question about him missing first base, you know, <laughs> if he's going to be the face of the Pirates, face of the worst organization in baseball, he should be able to handle a question like that. And you should want him to handle a question yeah. like that. But I, if I, Naomi Osaka's have tough things in her life and the media have been asking her about that, then yeah. And then, yeah, I, I, I understand her point. Yeah, to wrap, to wrap up real quick, I, I don't think there is a straight up devil and angel in this situation. I think that, you know, yes, Naomi Osaka should be able to handle questions that are pertaining to like, you know, what happened in that fifth set where, you, you know, you, lo you lost it compared to just people or compared to the reporters and the press constantly pummeling questions about, you know, the, this thing that you screwed up. Let's say, you know, I mean, like for a stupid example, but like, um, Bill Buckner, like let's say you know the ball went through his legs, he probably get he probably got questions about that years. Like at a certain point, I feel like you need to not press the press the athletes on questions that are are stupid and ignorant in this in the situation. But at the same time, as an athlete, yes, if you screw up, you you should take your responsibility for it, and you should understand that you need to own up to it, whether it's through a question or two in the media or it's just as a whole owning up to yeah. it through a whole, throughout and, the social media. Yeah, and I think we we're, what you guys are saying is that basically the media should be respectful. And that's that's obviously because what they're doing is a job. You know, at the same time with the players doing it as a job. They should both be professional when they go up there and do it. And professional yep. isn't purposely attacking. If, I, yeah, an athlete, and I you know, it's it is but at the same time it is asking them about you know the the mishaps and there is a respectful way to do that and there is a disrespectful way to do that yeah i agree and the, yeah. the, the media members that do that disrespectfully mean, like, should also lose their jobs or be fined like like that's also violating their contracts like i'm not going to support a media member that goes up there and just purposely asks you know disrespectful questions you know if they get punished for asking disrespect for being disrespectful to an athlete who's up there answering questions for them then yeah they should be punished by their boss I you think know, it, that I think Naomi Osaka's message might resonate more if you see more athletes doing that in the sense of reporters or telling reporters as a whole, like, let's not ask dumb questions and questions that you know the answer for and you just want to get a quote out of when it's a stupid situation. And I think that there is and then, you know, they'll they'll uh what's the word to like come together with with it where like the reporters will say okay well as long as you're available to us and we'll ask you a couple of questions but we don't want to put to pressure you into something and i think that's what the media should be there just needs to be an understanding that everyone's there to do their job 
That's yes. what it comes down yep. to. Is everyone right. should just respect good, each good other. Good final thought to wrap the topic on. Uh, well, I was hoping to yell at Logan. It, so it'll be interesting to see as uh, the current sports seasons finish out. You know, I don't see anything imminent in American sports, but it will be interesting to see, I think, in the Olympics this summer, how much this becomes a storyline of athlete interactions with the media. Uh, we can talk more about the Pirates draft for the number one pick in the, the upcoming 2021 draft in our next episode. But real quick, just want to point out some coverage that Kumar Rocker is forecasted to drop as low as uh, pick number six or lower in the draft all of a sudden because of some velocity issues. Jordan Lawler is also no longer in the top two in some of the forecasts. Um, there's a Rumbunner article saying the Pirates should go with Marcelo Mayer or Henry Davis. Real quick. Do you guys think the Pirates will end up with Kumar or Lawler in their number one pick? What happened to Lighter? Um, I haven't followed another question. The yeah. draft at all. At all Rocker, but I remember it was, it was Rocker or Lighter. Out. Let me pull up because that Rum Bunter thing that you mentioned, Rum Bunter was actually actually responded. So, oh, I don't follow Rum Bunter on Twitter. Why not? What a weird I'm name, by the way, Rum Bunter. I don't know. That that always made that always made me laugh hearing a name like that. It is weird. Yeah. So they asked. Um, let's see if I can find it. Spencer, go ahead and give your point why I look for this. I mean, I can't say I followed the dra- the the prospects enough. I, I again, being only from the outside, I just heard that Rocker fell. And I think there's a couple high schoolers that were kind of moving up as well when it comes like the people that are projected now. It's it's so tough. I I thought this was going to be a 50-50 shot, what, three months ago? And now it's become five players that you could argue between. And then it's it, the problem with the MLB draft, and it's not the MLB's fault or anyone's fault. It's just it's such a crapshoot as to whether or not they'll perform. Yeah, and, and that's what's so weird draft. to me, Spencer, is like you had an entire season pretty much last year with the hashtag tank for Kumar. And like yeah. everyone just thought it was a done deal. Now all of a sudden he's like maybe not in the top – 10 certainly not in the top five in any of these forecasts to, to answer your question about jack leader lighter whatever it is uh he's still high but is not really forecasted by anyone to go as number one overall so here's what so here's the question so so rum bunter um for those of you that don't know he covers the mlb draft and minor league baseball for mlb.com and he's the number one guy for the mlb draft and minor league baseball for their website. Um, he did a Q&A um, about the MLB draft, and Rum Bunter asked him, Bucks at number one, Meyer, Lahr, or the field? And Jonathan Mayer, Mayo mentioned, or said, quote, unquote, what an Pittsburgh opportunity. Pittsburgh native, by the way, Jonathan Mayo. Shout out to him. What an opportunity to start a crazy rumor, but I won't. I think it's Meyer, Lawler, Maybe Davis, Watson in the picture, and I don't think they're done talking about leader. And then somebody asked them if signability is the force between where the Pirates go with the first overall pick. It better be. It better be the number one driving force. Mayo said, if that is indeed the driving force, then Davis would provide them the largest discount at one and one but I'm not sure signability is or should be the driving force. Anyone taking one-on-one this year will sign. So, I mean, sure, that's that guy's opinion, but as the Pirates management, you better be 100% confident that whoever you draft number one overall is going to sign. 
Yeah, could you it imagine would be a nightmare? A nightmare. Oh it's my more, god. Signability in this case means more about who would take the less money. All right, that's fair. Then I guess. And that should they consider like that Davis is gonna is willing to take less money than Jordan Lawler to sign? Not that the Pirates can't get Jordan Lawler to sign a contract. More that Davis will probably take less money because he's a college catcher and Jordan Lawler is a press press shortstop. All right. Well, we'll cover more. We'll dive more into this as the draft gets a little bit closer, and I'm sure things will change in these forecasts even more. Uh, Yeah, I mean, they changed so much since. It's crazy to think how, again, we were all set on one or two, and now neither of them are even up there. Rocker's completely out. It's crazy, yeah. Leader still has a small chance, but, yeah, Rocker's definitely not getting drafted by the Pirates, it looks like. Moving on, a quick Check in on the Steelers who are in mini camp. Uh, ben was injured or something on day one of mini camp. Uh, a lot of the coverage coming out of mini camp this week has been about Ben. Uh, he was picked off twice by undrafted cornerback James Pierre. Post Gazette writing a lot about the 2022 quarterback situation with Dwayne Haskins, possibly. But what I want to talk about is Ben gave this quote to CBS sports about how everyone is overlooking the Steelers and how their new offense is quote fun. What is he talking about? And do either of you agree that the Steelers offense with Ben at the helm is being overlooked? I think the better quote that you may, I didn't see you put in here that I feel like that you, if you saw, you would have put in immediately was what Matt Canada said. And that was, we're going to do what Ben wants to do, how Ben wants to do it. <laughs> Which oh, it's so infuriating. <laughs> I mean, and there are people, there are Steelers fans that are like, oh, well, every quarterback has that. But there are Steelers fans at the same time that just like, because like the offense in the second half of last season was terrible. It was the most predictable offense in the NFL, easily in the second half of the of, of last year. All right. And people are like, well, it was the offensive coordinator's fault, not Ben's fault. Ben, there was no way Ben was calling the plays. But his offensive coordinator was his quarterback coach for about a decade that became his offensive coordinator because Ben wanted him to be his offensive coordinator. And you're telling me Ben had no decision-making in going in that offense? Look, there's limited things that he can do. Matt Canada was a great OC of Pitt. He's a very creative mind. Like, we've seen him in Pittsburgh run a very creative offense. All right? Now, how much Ben can actually do is a different question. Because if it's if we're judging by last year, there's not much that he can really do in terms of a creative offense. They're going to have to build a very simple offense around him. I hate to take this off the tracks too far, but – it's it's super interesting that that was uh, all these quotes that Ben's giving were in his first media availability since before the end of the 2020 season. He has not answered a single question from the media about the 2020 season until this Monday. Hey, he was there after the Browns loss. He did show up for that post game <laughs> zoom call. <laughs> Say what you want. He showed up. He, he no did comment. not violate his contract. No comment. 
Spencer, I don't even know what question to ask here. Is, is it encouraging to you to see Ben so optimistic about the Steelers' offensive chances this year? Oh, is he supposed to say we're going to be dog shit, Dakota? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I agree with, with that. I mean, he uh, has that's to fair. That is fair. <laughs> yeah. I love to see All Ben right. come. I mean, Ben has said that in the past. To be fair, in his radio show, he has said stuff like that. That's why <laughs> he doesn't have his radio show like, anymore. <laughs> can you imagine being like, like, what are your, what are your interests in this season? He's like, ah, uh, you know, we'll probably be like a middle of the pack team. Nothing too good. I might, <laughs> might throw for like. I'd love I it. I'd love him to just come out there and say, I am way too old to be doing this. <laughs> Dwayne Haskins will be starter by week four. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne Haskins scares me real quick. Just going back to him. I don't even want to think about Dwayne Haskins as a starting quarterback. I watched one Washington football team game of him playing. It was his last one, ironically. And it was just so bad. It was. It was not like it looked like he didn't know what he was doing. He looked like he tried. It, it was like kind of like Ben at the end of the and season, and then tried to do too much at uh, the ben same put, time. Ben put effort into it. Ben was held back by his physical limitations, <laughs> not his mental limitations. Yeah. Dwayne Haskins oh has a lot God. of physical ability. He's held back by his mental limitations. <laughs> no, because if you read like the stuff regarding Dwayne Haskins' release, yeah, that's the worst. Well, it went just, downhill. Yeah, and it was all his damn fault. It was all self-inflicted. It wasn't because he was, you know, he didn't have the tools. Ben Ben was coming off of what a short a sh- elbow injury, major elbow elbow injury at 38. There's there's limited things, you know, and, and a guy that were, hasn't exactly been in that great of a shape in terms of a NFL quarterback throughout his career, and a guy that has also taken a beating behind some pretty bad offensive lines for the for a large part of his career. The dude definitely has some physical. I don't think. I don't think his like. I don't think he had doesn't have a drive. He wouldn't have taken less money if the drive was gone. He would have either retired or insisted on being paid what he signed for. You know, but instead he took less money this year. I don't think. I don't think Ben has given up on Ben, but I think Ben's body has been is, is getting pretty close to giving up on him. All right, we'll continue to cover as the NFL season becomes closer. Moving on to the NHL, which is still ongoing. Stanley Cup playoffs are down to the conference finals. Vegas versus Montreal in the West. The New York Islanders, who eliminated the Penguins, versus Tampa Bay in the East. Both of those series tied at one game each as of the Thursday night when we're recording this. Are either of you still watching the NHL playoffs? I am not. I have not watched. I wasn't game watching since. when the Penguins were okay. in. Well, oh, I, we should, I should not oh, have even that. asked you. Yeah, Spencer. Uh, I watched a little bit. I watched some. Ve- I watched the Vegas game against the Wild, and then I watched a. Um, I just watched Game Two, of Montreal and Vegas, and then I saw a little bit of the Islanders beating the Bruins, um, and I saw. Uh, Canadians and Leafs because l- watching the Maple Leafs lose another crucial game is the most hilarious thing. You want to talk about a franchise that is embarrassing and that should be good. It's it's the Montreal or it's, it's yeah it's Toronto Maple Leafs excuse me not the Montreal. Yeah. Uh, but I have watched a little bit. Um, the Islanders man like I don't want to say like the Penguins 
shot themselves in the foot because the Islanders showed up against the Bruins. The Bruins yeah. did not lose to the Islanders. The Islanders beat the Bruins. But if the Penguins could have just shown up against the Islanders, who knows where they could be right now? Because the Bruins, a good team, and I think that once the Islanders took that, mo- took that momentum from being the Penguins, they just steamrolled through the Bruins. And yeah, they're still yeah. moving forward against, against the um, Lightning. So. It's going to be super interesting what happens in this final. If the Islanders somehow pull out a win against the Lightning, I think it makes that Penguins series loss even more painful because then you know the Penguins could have achieved the same thing. And, boy, I don't know. I, I certainly can't pick the Islanders to win this series, but perhaps we'll be surprised. Uh, I think right now if I had to make my cup pick, it would still be Tampa Bay, who's a favorite heading in from some – some predictions, obviously, good season last year. Spencer, who do you have? I, who do I have, or who do I want? Because I, I still think Both. it's going to be, I still, I still think it's going to be, uh, the Lightning. Yeah. But man, do I want the Canadians to win? I mean, they have reemerged as a completely different team compared to a team that kind of scrapped their way into the playoffs. Here's it's why I cannot root for Montreal. The whole regular season with just the Canadian teams playing each other, it's an asterisk for me. That's a quote, Logan. Fair. I, yeah. I thought I thought you were gonna say it was because the Canadians took out a PPP loan. Oh god. That would be really something <laughs> if a Canadian hockey team was getting bailed out by the United States government. Here's here's the thing though, real quick, like it's almost the opposite though, because I mean, in a theory, if the Canadians get through while beating up on, you know, Calgary, Vancouver, and having to basically slip their way in because those teams are so bad, and then they show up in the playoffs, it just shows what the Stanley Cup playoffs is. You need a hot goalie, and you need a team that figures it out in the playoffs. That's all you really – I mean, I don't say it's all you need because it sounds so simple, easier said than done, but that's what Montreal is right now. They are that team. Yeah, that's fair. The Lightning – the Lightning are the good team on paper, good team on ice. And I think it'll be – I would love to watch that series to see the difference between a team that has scrapped their way in and kind of got lucky versus a team that, has, that should be there and is proving they should be there. All right, last uh, topic here in the NHL before we move on to our final topic of the show. As good the Pittsburgh Cutters hockey team. <laughs> no, that was not it. We're saving that for next week. Saving that for next week when you're on vacation, actually. Uh, talking the TV deals. NBC is going to be out of covering NHL hockey once this playoffs ends, which I, I think we start there, right? Like they've really found their groove this postseason. I have not watched many of the games since the Penguin series ended, but when I did watch the Penguin series and the other games at that time, really good broadcast, better yes. graphics. I could rant for the next three hours about the stupid advertisements on the ice. So we'll leave that out of it. But setting that aside, these are unequivocally the best NHL broadcast that NBC has ever done. They're kind of pulling it all out at the last second here when they're done, they're out of hockey. So what do you guys expect next season? Is this transition to a deal with ESPN, ESPN Plus, and Turner going to improve or decrease publicity for the NHL in the United States? Yeah, it will increase publicity because they'll have ESPN 
guys in ESPN shows talking about hockey now because they have a financial reason to give a crap about hockey. I mean, why, why would ESPN talk about hockey before if they didn't cover it? Then they're just telling people to go watch stuff on NBC. And it's not like hockey has a big enough fan base that ESPN's viewership is taking a big hurt from that. You know, now ESPN's like, all right, so if we talk more about, you know, the Penguins-Flyers matchup tonight at 7 o'clock on ESPN primetime, then maybe we'll get some more viewers, you know? And maybe we'll get some more advertiser money. Yeah. So the publicity is going to help because you have the number one sports TV station in the world that has a vested interest in covering the league now as opposed to when they didn't. Um, will the broadcast be better? I mean, I don't I don't really think that matters to the NHL because the NHL just does not get enough publicity outside of people that watch their games because they don't get enough pit- and they don't get enough publicity to cause people to want to watch their games. I mean, compared, compared of course, to the other three major sports in the United States. Um, so maybe the broadcast probably take a dip. I mean, I know for a fact, I hate the Monday night football or the, they don't do Monday night football. Are they Sunday night football is ESPN. No, Monday it's, Sunday it's night? Monday night. Monday, Monday, Monday night. Monday. Yeah. yeah. I, I've always hated the, Compared it's, to the to compared to the Sunday night football, it's 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 so much worse than the Sunday night football broadcast comparative. So they can um, kind of go to it's gonna be interesting what they do because ESPN kind of has two ways of producing broadcasts. They either do like their standard, like all the college broadcasts, very similar, that very like ESPN standard graphics package, or they go completely crazy and do like the Sunday night baseball completely custom thing. It's going to be interesting what they do with the NHL. Do they you come know, up with You know that? what they like, should do? What should they do? You know what they should do, Dakota? They should get a chair and put it on the side of the ring and have Booger <laughs> McFarland sit in it. Oh, my God. And talk about the game while he scoots put around him, with the Put puck. him right in between, like, where, where, um, where um, Pierre Maguire was in the middle. Just have Booger sit in oh, the Please. I'm no begging ESPN. I am begging ESPN to get rid of the between the glass. I There's nothing I hate more in all of sports. The, the, the best stupid part, between the glass. The best Bring part back was the Booger Mobile, Dakota. The coaches, when the coaches <laughs> would like be yelling at each other and players yelling at each other, and Pierre Maguire is acting like he's like, relaying the messages to um the broadcast the most hilarious thing. the best thing about swear, covid you know? is pierre was not allowed to get like climb over the boards and go onto the team's benches to interview the coaches yes. during the game because that so was even awkward. worse than between the class so awkward but yeah real real quick i i hope that it's not a more of a monday night football broadcast for the nhl i i, I want to think that they're vested and their interest in the fact that they spent this money for this, but I hope that they don't have a half, a half-assed vestment in it just to say that they have it because they can have they can blow, spend money on this. So they're just gonna hold it for themselves in the sense that no one else can can do it. So you have to watch it on them, and it's not actually in, very interesting. I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but Colin Dunlap and uh, Chris Mack on the Fan Morning Show a couple weeks ago were talking about the the new TV deals and claiming that the game was going to be able to be changed based off the power that ESPN and Turner were now going to exert over the NHL and saying that like the violence in the games was going to change because Turner and ESPN would somehow levy pressure that the game was too violent. 
but they were talking about in the context of how interference calls just go away in the postseason. The referees just stop calling interference completely in the playoffs. And, and they were claiming that somehow when Turner is broadcasting the playoffs next year, they are going to be able to tell the NHL that the officials need to enforce the rule book. What pressure does a network have over officiate? It was so why insane. We, why that, are we, why are we even bothering to talk about Colin? I'm Dunn? sorry. I shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> He's agree. a toll. You I, know, mean, <laughs> I hate Colin. Well, I don't want to get into that, but. I saw, a, I saw a tweet today that was comparing him to uh, Gilbert Gottfried's voice, and now I can't unhear it. Like, it is so similar. I don't know I never thought about that before. The funniest is when Mark Madden rips on him. <laughs> oh, my God. Ever that, the Mark Madden, I don't know if I really want to call it a feud because it wasn't really a feud. It was more of just Dunlap saying, saying some things, never tweeting directly at Madden, then Madden talking crap on him, then Dunlap apologizing at a Penguins game before two days after that, tweeting some more sub-tweets at Mark Madden. (laughs) I don't know if that's really a few. I like Chris Mack because he's a Baldwin native, and I hate Colin Dunlap because I've never seen a person hate the South Hills more in my life. This man has a vested hatred for the South Hills for some reason. He's a vested hatred in a lot of things, honestly. I have seen multiple tweets from him comparing, like, bad people in, in, like, sporting events to, like, people who live in the South Hills. And I'm like, what what is this comparison? So dumb. But that's my – I don't want to – we could could yell all all night. Do you remember that Ryan Switzer thing? Oh, my – no, we don't even get That was the most pathetic thing I've ever seen from from somebody who's supposed to be some tough talking head on on the radio. (laughs) Where he said, why are the Steelers throwing to Ryan Switzer in the end zone? Which is fair, because he's their worst. He was their worst receiver. He got cut later that year. <laughs> like, that was yeah. fair. And then Ryan Switzer's like, this guy's so mean to me. He always talks stuff. And then Dunlap's like, oh, I'm sorry. It's nothing personal. Let's go raise money together, <laughs> and we'll start a charity. Good things come from awful stuff. Like, dude, dude. Like, you, you, you just backed out. You didn't even say anything that bad. All right, since we're talking about the media again, real quick before we get to our ending topic, how weird is it, the uh, Todd Frazier situation from the Pirates of, like, interacting with Mark Madden directly? Oh, my God. This is why I think that people This goes back to, to the professional comments, media. right? Social media is more of a cancer than it is anything positive, and you need to get off of it. I, I feel like people are just they get sucked into this thing and the people who are sucking them in are the ones that have more leverage on it and it's so annoying with all due respect one of those two people is actually was actually good at his job this year so oh. <laughs> Todd Frazier look Todd Frazier may have, I would have laughed at what Todd Frazier said if he wasn't hitting if he didn't hit what one for 42 whatever like you can't really say much when you're when you're the worst player on the worst team in baseball and it's not even close (laughs) to be fair anthony alford actually hit worse than him but that's a whole different story (laughs) we don't need to get into the anthony alford madness i mean that's like you deserve to be crapped on if you're what one for 42 i'm gonna look up his stats let's look up his stats let's see what he was this year 
And I had high hopes for Todd Frazier. He seemed like a likable guy in the clubhouse. I think it is a legendary Twitter thread, though, when Todd Frazier and Mark Madden are going back and forth. There are so many good one-liners from both sides. It, it deserves to be remembered it was fun for to a long watch. time. Well, yeah. like, afterwards, you sit there and you go, oh, my God, did I didn't believe that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. TK claiming racism whenever Todd Frazier made fun of his name. <laughs> <laughs> okay he was three for 35 his batting average was 0.086 you shouldn't be saying shit if you're that bad mark madden goes you were cut by the pirates i've had lows in my career not that low <laughs> All right. Say what you want about Mark Madden, but there's not a funnier guy on the radio. <laughs> yeah. He's good at his stick. Yeah. I'll give he's, him he's, that. That is fair. That's fair. All right, final topic of the show. Today, signed into law that Juneteenth will now be a federal holiday. We're going to take that, spin it into a sports-related topic. If Congress were to make a sports-related federal holiday. Oh, so easy. Which would it be if there could only be one? I think there is an I obvious answer. The first Super Bowl. Oh, that is not what I was going to say. I was going to go not, with opening day in baseball. Same, same opening day in baseball. No, I will not the Super Bowl. The day after the Super Bowl. That's, That's fair. That is I mean, fair. I, yeah. I agree with that in a sense. But. It's already the most called off day of work of the year. True. Get rid of Columbus Day. Get here's how you, and here's how you do it. Off. You move Groundhog Day to always be the Monday after the Super Bowl, and you make the federal holiday Groundhog Day. You can't just throw <laughs> Tony Phil off like that. That's not how that works. Oh, he doesn't know the difference. Yes, he does. He may not see his shadow yet. It's earlier in the winter, Dakota. No, but I'm, I agree with Spencer. I, if it were me, I would go with opening day for baseball because it has a more historic uh, – place in our country it's been around longer and it just makes sense to be like a whole day thing that you know i don't know what you get out of making the super bowl a federal holiday it's not during the day day off of work that people are already going to call off anyway you get a mandatory day off of work you don't really call off the day of the super bowl no the day after the super bowl i said not the day of the right so then how's that even a sports related holiday i think opening day is the better answer it's it's you're getting the government because there's not even any sports here's the thing though i i I find it harder because dakota the reason that i'm giving the holiday out is because of sports the reason that Uh, i think that holiday should be a thing is because so many people stay up late on super bowl sunday that they call off work on Monday. What do you even call it? Would you call it Super Bowl Monday? Or like, yeah, you yeah why not? Day after Super Bowl Day, because that just <laughs> sounds stupid. Super Bowl Monday. Call it Super Bowl Monday. I don't like it. I think just, that if you're looking at more of a historical perspective and say that baseball is America's pastime, and again, if you want to argue that it's not anymore, yada, yada, who cares? Okay, fine. But like the idea in speculation, and we're just having fun with this, that baseball the opening day is not only the mark of a historical america's pastime but also more of like a a mark of spring is here summer is coming kind of thing it's kind of how i feel when i wrote this question this topic i thought there would be more possible answers but there really is no other possibilities other than the day after the super bowl and opening day 
no other sport is as uh, prevalent. And most big things like the Super Bowl happen on a weekend if they're a, a scheduled March event Madness, in sports. maybe if you do like the first. Oh, that would be good. March Madness. I mean, that's like impossible. That's a possibility. Like, yeah. Or the college football national holidays? championship. That yeah, that wouldn't be about. That's at night though. That's the thing. Like an event at night, you really don't need yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. But we're getting so here it is, guys. way too in-depth. <laughs> what do you got, Logan? An estimated 17 million people miss work the day after the Super Bowl, adding up to about $4 billion in lost productivity for companies. Logan, this isn't an argument. You don't need to I think it's logical. Yeah, I think it is you don't logical. Need, we I'm agree. Not arguing. I'm not I arguing. feel like you're I'm throwing out why. these facts to be like, yeah, I'm right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and to that point, though, the first day of March Madness always has that same, like, shtick with, I don't know, was it CBS always had that button that you would press and it would put up a fake Excel spreadsheet because everyone knows on that day, everyone I at their that. desk is just watching March Madness. So you could make the same argument if that is the argument for the first but day guys, of March Madness. My, what I was trying to say before I was cut off and rudely by just saying that I was arguing. Hey, we're even now. Is that the NFL, because they expanded to a 17th game, can schedule the Super Bowl President's Day weekend, and all of a sudden, oh, that wow. Monday is President's Day, and all of a sudden, it's the federal holiday the day after the Super Bowl. How about that? Isn't that like the least popular federal holiday in the sense of like, as there's less businesses that are closed? Like, I think the only, basically the biggest ones that are closed are like banks and just the federal places. Like a lot of businesses as a whole don't actually take off. According to a poll from DraftKings, more than half of the people surveyed said they would give up a holiday if they can get the day after the Super Bowl guaranteed off from work. <laughs> what, what it was holiday? always like, clutch when it would snow during the Super Bowl and you get the two hour delay the next morning. That happened once, once or twice, I think. Yeah. It, what? it would probably be – I would imagine it would be President's Day or Columbus Day. President's Day seems pretty logical because we don't where really do you, need to Where would you draw the line? Like, like, let's, let's, let's rank the holidays that you would want to take off. Like, you have to get rid of one of them. How, where do you think the vast majority of people would draw the line? Columbus Day. Because so Columbus Martin is Luther a pretty – Junior Day you think would not be taken off or no? No, because Columbus is not exactly the most well-accepted is that even a federal figure in American society. It is. Yeah, it still is. Is it still a federal holiday? All right. Well, that's like the worst of them. Okay. But like let's – I just want to say like let's keep going. Do you think you take President's Day off? You cut President's Day. Well, there's only 12, so let me pull them up. No, to me, it's – it's uh, Labor Day, Memorial Day. Do you cut the? Do you get rid of those move, for, for Super Bowl? Why not move Labor Day to the day after the Super Bowl? I mean, no, no. Labor Day is people. a very important federal holiday because you got to think about this in the span of the calendar. If you get rid of Labor Day, you have no days off work from the Fourth of July until Thanksgiving. Yeah, you need Labor brutal. Day. No, Columbus Day. Columbus I Day's feel like October. most businesses don't take off Columbus Day anymore. Yeah, but if you don't if you don't take it off, off, you get Columbus time and a half. They have to know. give you time and a half. Only if you're a federal worker. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, personally, I mean, my business did not give me time and a half. Well, obviously, New Year's, obviously New Year's, obviously Christmas, 
obviously Independence Day, and I would even put Juneteenth on this because I personally think Juneteenth is a pretty significant day in American history. Obviously, is Christmas those, Eve a federal holiday? Yes, uh, I believe I, it is. Yeah, it, it is. If so, then that's on my list because you're you're taking two vacation days, bam, back to back at the end of the year, and then you've also got New Year's Who Eve. Who wants to work week. on Christmas Eve? There's it's no about spreading it out. If I could get another day at a different time of the year that was a holiday, I would take it. And just give us more. Don't spread them out. Don't take them away. <laughs> Wait, that was the question. You couldn't yeah, create I mean, any more. We had to get rid of one. I'm just you don't have to. You don't have to create any more. Just move presidents. Just move this football season so that Presidents Day falls right after. Change Presidents Day so that it's no longer always Washington's birthday, but change it so that it's always the Monday after the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> like, that makes sense. It's such an easy fix. It's such an easy fix. You know how many workers in America would love that? Would be like that's a great gift to American workers, to the blue collar workers who <laughs> love football. You know, drinking their Iron City. That just got back from the steel factory. <laughs> yeah, right. Speaking of Iron City, I can hear Pittsburgh Made playing in the background right now in the outro. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pittsburgh Made that is actually going to get posted in your podcast feed. You have to stick around until after the song to hear if there's a special bonus uh, for you Patreon subscribers. If not, then you'll have to try again next time on Pittsburgh Made. We'll be off next week since Logan is leaving us for a while, but we'll be back soon with another episode talking the Pirates draft pick predictions on the next episode. And as a special treat, as a special treat, since I'll be delivering my uh, first wedding sermon that week, I will legally marry Dakota and Spencer live on air. <laughs> All right, you heard it here first. But that is also only for Patreon subscribers. <laughs> That's the highest tier of the Patreon subscribers. That, that, that. Is, that is the very exclusive. <laughs> we should also commit right now, next episode, uh, right before the wedding, we will re- bring back the quiz show. I think we were supposed to do it this episode, but we'll get it next time. Boy yeah. show is coming back. Let's do it. So how about I get these emails from this podcast magazine for some reason? Are we still rolling or not? We're still rolling. <laughs> oh, I thought we were over. All right, that's it. That's the end of Pittsburgh. That's how I ended. <laughs> <laughs>